Hello, everybody, and welcome to Kairos Has Friends, the show where I sit down with the people that matter to me the most, and those people are my friends. Before we get started with our special guest today, be sure to follow me on my favorite social media platforms. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Vibe with Kai. You can also follow me on, uh, let's see, uh, Snapchat and TikTok before it gets banned, of course. <laughs> you can follow yeah. me there at Kairos Keenan. And if you want, you can visit my website, thevibewithkai.com, where I'm always posting. Uh, videos, blogs, and things that help you do good, feel good, be good, and live a good life full of good vibes. But enough about me. We have a doctor bartender in the house today. We have, uh, we have a, a person that I've wanted to sit and talk with for, for quite some time, and, and now he's here. We're sitting here talking, uh, and I'm excited. We are, I'm, I'm sitting here with somebody. He is a, a musician, a bartender. He is a positive energy influencer. Uh, he does a, a little bit of everything. I'm sitting here with Ernest Rose, a.k.a. the doctor bartender. What's up, man? How are you? Not much. Uh, uh, this is kind of early for me. I'm typically yeah. working nights. Uh, yeah. Slowly adjusting to a new schedule now that I'm working part-time to do the pandemic stuff. Right, but right. Got up early, made some breakfast, went for a walk, made myself some coffee. So I'm feeling nice. good. So you're yeah. feeling good. You're, you're feeling ready to go. You have, you have your coffee. Your what was for breakfast today? Uh, I made some uh, apple cinnamon oatmeal, which apple I know a lot of people oatmeal. are like, that's boring, but no, it gets it going for me. Here's the thing. So my mother, she used to make oatmeal for me all the time, uh, and but it was always like just oatmeal. Like just, just that. There was no like, there was no like yeah. nothing. It's just normal oatmeal. And I, I thought that was normal. But then as I got older, I was like, wait a second. There's other types of oatmeal. There are things that you can add to the oatmeal to make it yeah. taste even better. Yeah, yeah. The, the good people at Quaker know what they're doing. That's funny. Wait, so yeah, but you, you're also you're also very much like you work out. You're in the fitness. You want to make sure that you're you know in the in the best shape possible. Have you found that to be more difficult or more easy as the pandemic has gone on? Uh, interestingly enough, a little bit of both. I think when the pandemic first hit, it was super easy because I was like, wow, I've got all this time, yeah. plenty of time to go, go for a run or get in this workout or get in that workout. But after a while, it's almost too routine. So you're just <laughs> like, man, I've been hitting it so much harder than I normally hit it. Let me yeah. pump the brakes a little bit. I'm going to chill a little bit. And then you're like, well, now I pumped the brakes for three weeks and I've got four <laughs> extra pounds around the middle. That's funny. <laughs> um, and it's, it's interesting because I was talking to our, our good friend, Sue, as she is an ace at holding everybody accountable. Yeah, she, and, she's great, by the way. If you, she, he's, talk, he's talking about our good friend, Sue, who has a podcast uh, called um, uh, uh, Self-Love Diaries, I, I believe it's called. Yeah. Uh, and she, she's fantastic. So if, uh, if you get a chance to go listen to that, go listen to that, uh, Sue, with the Self-Love Diaries. Yeah, and my the thing I was sharing with her is that for me lately it's more food. I have the discipline mm-hmm. to run three to five miles three times a week. Yeah. I don't necessarily always have the discipline to put down a piece of pizza or to say <laughs> no to that burger and fries. Like I can do hit training for an hour and a half, two or three times a week. I don't have any issues committing to that. But when someone's like, "You want to order a pizza?" I'm just like, mm-hmm. it, "I mean, in your defense, I mean pizza. It's, it's yeah. like it's pizza." I mean, you can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah. You can't go wrong with pizza. <laughs> yeah, so that's right funny. Now, I'm I'm just more focused on trying to make healthier food choices. So, sure. hence the oatmeal. 
granted, probably not the healthiest oatmeal in the world with uh, a reasonable amount of sugar. But you're still doing you. Yeah, yeah. But so it, I, it works. So I need to ask, like, what is, what is, where does the Dr. Bartender name come from? Where, where does that originate and, 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 and what does it mean to you? Okay. Uh, well, it initially started, well, the bartender thing is I am a bartender, but before I was a bartender, I was in school. I was going to school for psychology. It was my plan uh, to go to graduate school and get a PhD in psychology and practice. Uh, but a few weeks before graduate school, after acceptance and a few other things, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. And I yeah, didn't know what yeah. I wanted to do, but at least for that moment, in that moment in time, I knew that I didn't want to go to graduate school. So sure. uh, I'm originally from Springfield, Illinois. I went to school in Southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Literally the day after I graduated, uh, I moved up here to Minneapolis. I literally had my degree, 200 bucks, my yes. car, some clothes, and a couch to crash on when I got here. And I'm like, I'm out. Um, And eventually when I got here, I found a job working for a company that I'm pretty sure is dead and gone now. But what they used to do was they used to uh, sell and design uh, software programs that would help school districts monetize standardized test scores. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, So that kind of allowed me to use my psychology major and my business administration minor. But it was horribly boring. And I had just moved to the big city and all my friends were bartending. And I was like, damn. I want to do that, you know? <laughs> so that's what I switched over into doing. And I've been doing yeah. that well over 10 years, but I've always kept in my mind that I can always go back to school if I want to. Yes. That's yes. why I attached the doctor in front of the bartender, because right. I don't know if I'm done with school or if I'm done with academia, but if I return, it will be to do that, to get a degree in psychology. You know, and it's I, funny. It's funny you say that though, because I feel like uh, bartenders are sometimes our best psychologist <laughs> I yeah, think you, and, you and I have talked about this a little bit before <laughs> but I feel like sometimes like people just feel comfortable talking to bartenders about their life even though they've never met the bartender before like they have they, the only connection that they have is that there's an exchange of goods like I will give you money if you give me alcoholic beverage now let me tell yeah. you about my life <laughs> yeah that's very that's, that's very real it's an interesting part of our culture And it was something, to be perfectly honest, when I first started bartending, that's not really, I was like, I didn't really sign up for all this. Like, I wanted to work nights and make drinks and leave with a big fat wad of cash in my pocket. Like, I didn't want to work those those Tuesday lunch shifts where the guy who just lost his job wants to tell you his story. Right, right, right. And as a lot, you learn a lot about life and the world and people that way. Right. So do you, did you I, I, do you find that you sometimes use the things that you've learned while in school uh, to to do you do you use that while you're bartending sometimes when you're talking to people? Yeah, in some cases I do, and it's been a while since I've been in school. And again, to be fair, I have a bachelor's degree. I don't have a doctorate, so I'm not a doctor. Right, right. I don't have a license to practice anything like that. Sure. But sure. I do remember some of those little key points about just communication and right. listening. And realizing that uh, when when someone is coming in to their bartender or their barber, whoever they're sharing their problems with, right. that's a pretty solid indicator that there might not be other people in their lives to share that with. Right. I see. You know, I see. not yeah. always. Because some people just love to chat for the sake of chatting. <laughs> that's me. You have to keep in mind that maybe maybe this dude is is spilling his guts to me because he has a wife that doesn't listen, or maybe he has adult kids that don't listen, or right. you know, maybe his his boss is not the best person in the world and is not the most understanding person. So I always kind of keep those things in mind when that happens for sure. Do you, do you find that um, it's hard 
to be that person sometimes. Like if you know that you're the only, perhaps that you may be the only person in your life, in their life that can, they, they can maybe even open up to. Do you, do you find it hard? Do you find any pressure in that? Uh, not always. Sometimes I do, but not always. Sometimes there is because like we're all human beings and we have all our days. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll have a really rough day and then I go into work and I just want to, honestly, I just want to get through my shift and go back home. Sure. I don't really want to hear, excuse me, other people's problems. Um, mm. But that's just the nature of the industry. I mean, whether you're, right. you're a, a server or a bartender or just anytime you're dealing with the public and in some way, shape or form, you just dealing with other people and what they're thinking and what they're feeling is just a part of your job. Right. So there are days where I'm a little less receptive to it, but I would never let that person know that. If that <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's been plenty of times where I was like, man, I would really rather not be bothered with this, but they don't know that's how I'm feeling. Right. You know what right. I mean? Because I feel like I'm there to provide a service. And even if that service is a little bit more than just making you a cocktail right now, so be it. At right. least that's my philosophy. You could probably talk to 10 other bartenders and get 10 different, <laughs> 10 different ideas right. or answers to that question. But that's right. what I'm going from. Right. Well, you, I mean, I, 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 one thing that I've noticed just about you on, on social media in general is that you, you have taken up the, the, I guess, responsibility or your, your niche now has, has slowly started to become like spreading positive energy and, and good vibes. And, and I love, I love that kind of stuff. You know, I love that people are using their platforms for, for that. What made you decide to, to take that route of just spreading positive energy on your platforms? I think honestly, and you've probably heard this a million times, but other, other content creators, and, and movers and motivators such as you, such as Shane Lakita, such as yeah. Joe Atang, you know, um, just tapping into that energy. There's something about it that's a little bit contagious. Yeah. And granted, my, my presence on TikTok and Instagram is primarily to entertain. Like, that's my, right. my goal. I want to make you laugh. I want to make you think. I want to give you an aha moment. But at the end of the day, like, if I'm not giving you some sort of warm energy with that, even when I talk about stuff that might be a little bit heavier, controversial, like the pandemic or what right. happened here in Minneapolis over the summer, yes. there's got to be some level of of warmth and positivity or some type of light at the end of the tunnel. And even if I stray from that, like there have been plenty of videos that I've, I've put it on, on TikTok or Instagram. And then like 20 minutes later, I've been like, wow, oh, that's, that's not the energy I want to give people. Right. I've so done that. It either gets set to private until I'm ready to share it or it just gets deleted. I've definitely done that before. There's been a couple of videos that in the moment I'll share it and I'll, and I'll and like, like I'll start seeing some of the responses and either it's like, no, that's not, that's not what I was going for. Or, or I'll be like, you know what? I, this is not, I, that's not me. I was in right. my feels. I was in my feels. <laughs> so I'm just going to get yeah. rid of that, you know, cause I, right. I don't want to be responsible for spreading any sort of negative energy, but you kind of just alluded to this. And this was something I was going to uh, ask about. So you, you live in Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, and which has, to, to say the least, has been in the news uh, just, yes, a, just a little bit this accurate. year. <laughs> uh, how how are you feeling? You know, uh, given the the situations that that have taken place uh, in that state in, in in Minnesota, and and just how it's uh, affected the world in a way. The you know the Black Lives Matter movement. What is it like being in the heart, like legit in the heart of, of, of this movement right now? What is it like for you? 
Uh, it's really interesting because I get the perspective of uh, perspective rather of being right in the middle of it. But I also, because of news and social media, get to see the way the rest of the world yeah. sees things here. And I can tell you some things that the rest of the world might not know that we're still having protests on a regular basis. Granted, they're they're much smaller than what you saw in the summer. They're always peaceful protests, but right. there's still that Black Lives Matter voice being thrown out into the world from here on a weekly basis. Um, it's also really interesting to see how much healing has occurred and yet there's still so much to do. Like I live in an, I live in uptown Minneapolis, which is about, just to give you guys some perspective, it's about 10 blocks south of downtown. Um, it is arguably one of the most densely populated part of, parts of the Twin Cities, like the Minneapolis, St. Paul um, area. And um, half of the buildings, and when I say this, this is not hyperbole or I'm not exaggerating, half the buildings are still boarded up here. Really? Yeah. Um, and that's either due to the pandemic or, or the riots or, or a combination of the wow. two. So when I think of places like the Red Cow, which is one of my favorite burger places, boarded up and closed. The Walgreens Pharmacy was set on fire. It's boarded up and closed. The CVS Pharmacy boarded up and closed. The Apple Store that's two blocks from my apartment, it's boarded up because it got looted. The H&M Store across the street from the Apple Store, it's still boarded up. So we are learning to go back to our everyday lives in what to us now sort of feels like normal, but I'm guessing if you don't live here and you walk into this neighborhood, it kind of has this almost like post-apocalyptic sort of, everything's normal and everybody's happy and people are walking their dogs and going for jogs and they're going to the bakery and getting donuts, but half the buildings around you are still boarded up. Right, what do, do you feel, this, it's always a tough, this is always a tough conversation to have, right? Because of, of just how sensitive it is uh, and, and all of that. But there, there are a few things that I, I wrote down that I wanted to ask you about this because these are things that, that um, I've talked to some of my friends about and they, they've had some really interesting perspectives. So I guess the, the first question I want to ask is, you, you, you just talked about the riots um, and, and how the riots are, you know, part, might be partly responsible for just the closing of a lot of the, you know, the stores and things that are in that area, small businesses and things like that. What are your What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on rioting and and uh, the destruction of, of a town? Really, uh, that is an interesting question because it's sometimes difficult to answer because you fear that people won't necessarily understand your answer. But my answer, with all that being said, is that on one hand, I do not condone or support the destruction of property or damage or definitely not the hurting or harming of any human being. Sure. But I have to be honest and say, I understand where that frustration comes from. Yeah. Like when you are so, I was going to use the word disenchanted, but that doesn't seem like a strong enough word. Right. When you are so out of touch with the system in which you are placed in as far as it feeling like it treats you fairly. Yeah. I understand that level of anger and frustration. Now, am I capable of that? I am not. Right. I am not the type of person, even with all the anger and frustration, that can throw a brick through a window. That is just me. Right. Uh, but everyone's experiences are different. Yeah. This is uh, uh, a murder that George Floyd's murder took place. Uh, in the heart of South Minneapolis, which is about six miles away from where I live. 
And keep in mind that happened on a Tuesday. The rioting started there. Um, by Friday, it was two blocks away from my apartment. Over, oh my it just kind of spread. Sure. Um, and, and of course there was extra stuff too. You had all these people who were here legitimately for a good cause coming yeah. from out of town, but you also had troublemakers coming from out yes. of town. So my, my, my thoughts on that is it, it really is tragic and unfortunate that businesses are closed, that people have lost jobs. But ultimately I think the loss of life of marginalized people at the hands of a system that doesn't care enough about them is more tragic than that. I, I have friends in the service industry, bartenders and servers who still haven't gone back to work yeah. and they feel the way I feel. They're like, you know what? I don't have a job, but the place where I used to work burned to the ground because people weren't being treated the way they needed to be treated. And that's just my take on it. And I yeah. also have a very open mind. I'm not one of these persons or people who will say you're wrong about this and I'm right. Mm -hmm. um, I think open dialogues like this are beautiful. Yeah. And, and amazing. I agree. Uh, but that's my take on it. I think it is, it's such a tragedy what's happened to this city. And here's just something else that other people might not know. Um, you know, when, when cities or states um, have go through a natural disaster, you can call in the government for FEMA assistance. Right. And I don't necessarily know how that works or worked with the state of Minnesota, but we applied for FEMA assistance for the federal government to literally rebuild South Minneapolis and the federal government said no. Um, now, whether that's right or wrong, I'm, yeah. I don't know enough about it and I don't want to pretend to know <laughs> sure. enough about it. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I will say this, without that assistance, it's going to be a long, hard ride to, to rebuild that part of the city. Right. Uh, and thankfully, here's the, here's, the, here's the bright side. So many people have come together and said, we're we're, we're better than this. Right. We, we have to be better than this. We have to hold the system accountable more. We have to love each other more. We have to not resort to violence all the time just because we can. Right. Um, right. And, and I'm here sense. for that too. Yeah. The, other, the other question that I wanted to ask, and this was a uh, conversation, it was, this was a tough conversation that I had with a friend of mine uh, this, this past weekend. Um, and she brought up a very interesting Point, a point that I don't necessarily agree with, uh, but I wanted to get your, your thoughts on, on this. So the, the conversation that came up was, uh, and it all spurred from a conversation I had with uh, another friend of mine. His name is uh, uh, Talmud Spicer, uh, AKA My Guy T Spice on, on TikTok and Instagram and all that. And um, he alluded to something, and I, I think my friend probably took this the wrong way, um, but it's, in and of itself, it's an interesting point of view. So she said that um, we go through life as black men saying there's a chance that we are going to face discrimination of some sort, right? That, yeah. you know, we might have to work harder for certain things because of the color of our skin, because we are black men, right? My friend has stated that um, at, when we're growing up or, or when we're raising children, should we say that to our young children saying, hey, there is a chance as a black man or woman that you will have to face some sort of discrimination and that you have to work harder or, you know, things like that. Should we tell our children that or should we not? Because 
to her point by saying that we're by telling our children that we're instilling what she called reverse racism where um <laughs> where we're instilling that that white people are just going to like or that we should be careful with white people in general I understand what you're saying. Do, you, do you get what i'm saying here yeah uh, and that we shouldn't that that we're kind of um uh limiting ourselves by stating that we're going to have that we're going to be disenfranchised that we're going to have to work harder and things like that my my she asked if i would ever talk to my children about that and i said 100 percent yes i would Absolutely. say i would say to my children there is a chance that you are going to experience this right because that's what my parents did to me and yeah, I, I think i turned i think i turned out okay right yeah i'd um, say so yeah <laughs> but to, to her point, she's saying that she feels that my mindset on this uh, has limited myself or my, limited my, my growth, has limited my ability to think outside of the box in, in this regard. Would you, would you have a conversation with a young man or woman of color uh, and, and say that type of stuff? Would you, would you warn them about this? I, I absolutely would, but I, I would also stress that this isn't so much about um, demonizing um, white people. It's more about acknowledging uh, a system that is not right. It's, it's, it's broader than just people, I think. And we live in a system where racism and racist practices are systemic. And I think it's important that young people of color know that. And I don't necessarily think that that blocks out your ability to hope for a better future and more importantly, work for a better future. But I think we have to acknowledge things as they are. And if we don't acknowledge things as they are, that sets us up for harm and failure, I think. And again, that just my take. And we could probably have this conversation with 15 other black men and get 15 right. other answers. Uh, but I would say I agree with your perspective 100%. Um, and again, it's, 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 more, it's not so much about demonizing people. It's more about acknowledging um, a, a system that is not working the way it's supposed to work. Right, right. Would you, would you consider that reverse racism? I would not. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really, I really wouldn't because I think you can acknowledge those issues and then acknowledge the fact that there are beautiful, amazing people of all shades, backgrounds, cultures. Um, we have the misfortune of just living in a country, country where it, it is like this. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I, but I, I'm but not going to lie. It kind of hit me different. You know what I'm saying? Like, as we were sitting there having this conversation, one of the, um, <clears throat> one of the words that, was used was the word hindered what that that my view on this has hindered my uh thoughts on this and i just didn't necessarily agree with that and and um because like she didn't deny that there is systemic oppression that there isn't racism it's sure. that we shouldn't uh talk to our children about this because it's just guiding them in a direction where they are likely to just have these thoughts about white people that 
that right. may hinder their thought their thought process. But I don't think it's that black and white. Uh, pardon the pun. You know, pardon, pardon the pun. I don't think it's that black and white. You know. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I like she asked if I would talk to my children about this, and I said I would. But I would also talk to whomever, if I'm married, I would talk to, I would say, okay, how do you want to approach this? Right. Because obviously it's a joint decision there. Um, mm. But like, yeah, I just, I, I just, I wanted to get somebody, I haven't had a chance to really talk to anybody about that yet. Cause it happened, it happened fairly recently, but I, I wanted to, cause I knew you were, you, you had your thoughts on the Black Lives Matter yeah, movement yeah, and, sure. and all that. And I was curious what, what you thought about yeah. all of that. Yeah, ultimately, I think we could acknowledge that there are some injustices and at the same time acknowledge that people in general, human beings in general, can be, have the potential to be amazing and beautiful and caring and caregiving. And I think the vast majority of us are. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we also have to recognize injustices that literally make us unsafe. Yeah. I think we owe it to... Um, not only ourselves, but just the, the community at large. Right. I do, I do want to uh, uh, shift to your music career uh, because you do make music and, and which I find awesome, which is really, really cool. Uh, how did you, how did you get into that? How did you like, how, how is, how is that going? Well, I had always dabbled in music since, since high school. And when yeah. I got finished with uh, college and moved up to Minneapolis, again, the whole deciding I didn't really want to yeah. go to graduate school, I just found an amazing hip hop scene here in Minneapolis and wanted to be a part of it. And coming from, you know, I was born and raised in Springfield, Illinois. Right. I went to Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, Illinois. These are small communities, you know. Yeah. Springfield's, you know, barely 100,000 people. Carbondale's 30,000 people. So I was never really in an environment where, like, oh, you can, you can write and record and play a show <laughs> in front of people. And so yeah. I got up here, and I was like, damn, if I meet the right people and keep going to these open mics, I can probably yeah. make some stuff happen. So I've been on kind of a hiatus for the last four or five years. And by hiatus, I just mean not super active, maybe playing a couple shows a year, sure. maybe recording one or two tracks a year, yeah, yeah, not yeah. really playing anything out of town. But when I moved up here, I just kind of knew that that creative outlet was something that I could actually pursue. It's like, if I did this, I could actually get in front of people and right. perform. I could actually record, you know, this going way back to when I first got here, I could record a CD and sell that yeah. CD at a show for 10 bucks a pop. Right. So that's kind of how I got into music. I'd always been that kind of creative person and liked writing and on the rare occasions I did record, I enjoyed that. But when I got to Minneapolis, I was just like, I'm in the big city, you know? <laughs> I mean, and granted, Minneapolis isn't big compared to New York, LA, blah, blah. And Philly, you got to like, throw Philly in, in there, Philly in the city. house. Like, I live in a city that has sports teams, yeah. go Vikings, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't have that where I was yeah. from. So yeah. I came here and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was really fortunate to link up with uh, other artists both in the hip-hop scene and the punk scene that were just like nice. like super welcoming they're just yeah. like yeah like you're to be honest you're not that good but you'll get there oh, no. <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like of course i'm not that good like you know like this 25 year old dude who's never really rapped before <laughs> you but, you're, but you're living your best life and that's all that matters man like legit <laughs> and i and i did get better with time you know? yeah 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 and and so you have the music scene and obviously you know we met via uh the tiktok uh obviously and 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 
that's changed, I think, all of our lives because uh, oh, it's absolutely. amazing how uh, this platform has uh, connected so many people that, that we may not have ever connected, you know, like, oh. like the fact that I don't know if you and I have, would ever have crossed paths. I mean, not saying that we wouldn't have, but like, it's just amazing how that platform has brought so many people together and like has created this little community of, of people that just uplift each other and, and all of that. And so I guess to kind of just wrap it up, uh, what piece of advice would you give to somebody right now that, cause you were talking, we were talking about how 2020 has just been quite the interesting year to say the least. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes um, and, and, you know, like people like you and I were able to, uh, I guess, find the silver linings in a lot of things. Like we could do it easily. Like, even though it might be a challenge sometimes we still find, a way to, to find the silver linings in what we do. Yeah. It's, that's not easy to do, right? Right. What would you say to somebody right now that is feeling down, that is like, ah, oh, 2020, I want this year to be over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what would you, what would you say, what would you say to them right now to kind of, you know, give them this hopeful feel for the rest of the year? That's an excellent question. I, I think I would tell tell them to, one, do their best to practice gratitude because in spite of this year not being the greatest year, you're still here. You know, you're still like, you woke up this morning and the sun was up and maybe it was even out too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that. And the other thing is, and this is going to sound really cliche because I think a lot of people say this, but when I say it, I genuinely mean it. Sometimes you just have to go for it. If 2020 has taught us anything is that stuff can change on a dime. Like yes. if in January you had told me that uh, in, in March there would be a pandemic and in June my city would be on fire for 10 days, I would have been like, you're crazy. Yeah. But that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah. So if there's something you want to do, just go for it. And that doesn't mean don't plot. That doesn't mean don't prepare. That doesn't mean make irrational decisions and be like, right. well, I'm just going to drop out of my school. And, and like, you know, I'm not saying don't plan. But what I'm saying is if there's something you want to do, go for it. Do your best to put a plan in place and just and just make it happen. And just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Man. Uh, real, real quick. Uh, I I want, I want, I need to, I, cause I see the Star Wars figurines in, in, the, in the background and I know that you're a big Star Wars fan. So I need you to tell me that I'm right. Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie of all time. Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie of all time. Um, I, I see why Dude. many people believe that. Oh, um, no. I have to say the Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie of all time. Um, I would I would put Rogue One third, but maybe that's another conversation for another time. <laughs> here's the thing. But, here's the thing. I, I totally get I totally get your, your 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 thoughts on this, but I always love having this conversation because I feel like Rogue One never got its due. I would agree I with that one hundred percent. It's like, an excellent uh, film. It, it is, is an so excellent good. film. Yeah, and, it and, is and excellent. what's funny is that going into it, I was feeling because I know they were having like just a lot of issues just behind the scenes and things like that. Uh, and then, so like leading up to it, I'm like, this movie's not going to be good. But, and then I saw it, I was like, this movie was great. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And I rewatch, I don't ever rewatch movies, right? I don't like, I, once I see a movie, it's hard for me to watch it again. I, yeah. I rewatched Rogue One and it's still good. And this yeah. was after, this was after the rise of Skywalker that I, that I rewatched it. Uh, and I'm like, this movie's so good. Um, so out of the three main storyline, the more, the more, more recent you know, three, which one was the best, which one was the worst? 
Ooh, man, that's tough. Uh, I think, you know, I, I will say, I think of, of this, the sequels, I do think that The Force Awakens was the best one. I agree. Ep- episode 7. I um, agree. The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, I haven't really decided yet. I will, I will say. I did. I did. I did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, the, those last two, I mean, I'm a Star Wars fan at heart, so I'm, yeah. I'm also not super, I try not to be super critical. Yeah, um, that's fair. But, but clearly The Force Awakens was the, was the superior of the three. Yes. Um, and as far as uh, eight and nine, Still, there's just some things that are a little wonky about each film that I'm not yes. super into. What's funny so, is that I've grown I've grown a bigger appreciation for Episode Eight after watching Episode Nine because I I wasn't the biggest fan of Episode Eight, but then I go back and I watch Episode uh, I watch Episode Eight after watching Episode Nine. And I'm like, well, I guess it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll I guess I'll deal with this. <laughs> Uh, you know that's funny well i dude i i'm so happy that 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 we finally got to sit and chat uh if people want more dr bartender where can they find you uh well you can find me on tiktok at dr bartender it's just d-o-c-t-o-r-b-a-r-t-n-d-e-r um <laughs> on well because lots of times the only reason i do that is some sometimes people search dr bartender with the abbreviated doctor with oh, DR okay, okay. and if you do that you'll get some other stuff but you won't get me unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and on instagram it's the dr bartender same scenario just t-h-e right. in front of it and on youtube i'm i'm gonna have to switch it up you can search youtube for dr bartender and i'll pop up but i think the url is actually ernest Rhodes tv yes it is uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you friends, you, uh, I'm going to I'm going to put that in the, I'm going to put all of those in the description of this if you're listening. If you're watching, I'm going to put that uh, all that stuff down below. Uh that way you can go follow my dude over here, man, cuz he is a good man. Uh and I, we've been wanting to sit and chat for a while and I'm glad that yeah. we finally got to do it, my friend. Uh so honestly, thank you so much for for sitting with me. Uh I'm I'm just I'm always it's always nice to, to sit and talk with a friend and and uh here cheers to 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 more to more conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. This was absolutely, great. Man. This was man. so dope. I can't absolutely. wait to do it again sometime. Yeah, man. And everybody yeah. else, if you want more uh, Vibe with Kai and Kyra's with uh, has friends, you can always visit me on my favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Vibe with Kai. And then you can visit me on Snapchat and on TikTok at Kyra's Keenan. And obviously, you can visit my website, TheVibeWithKai.com, where I'm always posting blogs and videos and things that'll help you do good, feel good, be good, and live a good life full of good vibes. With that said, thank you so much again for sitting, me, sitting with me, Mr. Mr. Dr. Bartender. <laughs> Everybody else, uh, God bless and good vibes.